Coming up, a Sad Styles production. Get into it! He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game, you'll be all set. Even though he may help you choose, remember you still may lose. What's up, losers? And welcome to Losing Money with Andrew Bascom. My name is Andrew Bascom, and this is your 20-minute sports gambling podcast where we discuss UFC 265. I don't know. Can you tell? Can you feel it in the air? Can you feel what's coming? Football. An overwhelming wave of football is coming. And there's nothing you could do to stop it. It's going to destroy you and everyone you love in this path. Speaking of things that will destroy, this podcast. This podcast was started for football season. Football season is coming up. Season 2 of Losing Money with Andrew Bascom is coming up. And that means we are going to discuss everything when it comes to football starting next week. Ugh. We're going to break down the whole schedule of what we got coming up at the end of the show this week. But until then, <coughs> yeah, it's time. Let's do a recap. Recap. First, I have to start. My favorite thing in the world. We have to start with at losing money WAB. Oh, God, that gypsy. Free me from your curse. Oh, we love betting baseball over at losing money WAB. Oh, God, again. And boy, baseball is loving us back. Unlike some other sports that we bet on, where people just constantly is a one-way relationship. They're ghosting you. They take advantage of you. Baseball is a giving lover cares about my satisfaction just as much as its own. You know how I know that? Because we had another good week. Okay, so that's two weeks in a row now that I'm trying to tell you at Losing Money WAB, stop it, is just giving you money right now on baseball. We are big on the underdogs. We are big on the underdogs right now. And another big week, 18 and 11. 18 and 11 we went this week just on baseball alone. And I'm trying to tell you, those are underdog bets. So we are up plus 13 units. Now I've heard from people, what does that mean, Andrew? Units. What how, Units aren't uh, a measure of money. Can you explain this in Dogecoin? And I would say, no, I cannot. But the easiest way for me to explain the units thing, people use the term units because then they could take away money. There's a guy in Vegas that's betting $10,000 on games. You might at home be betting $5 on a game. But you know what? Your $5 and that guy's $10,000 are important to you. So let's just make it a non-numerical term, and that's where we use the term units. So whatever the one bet thing is for you. So it's $5, $10,000, whatever it is, that's a unit. So let's say in a hypothetical example, every game I bet was $10 and we're up 13 units. Well, that means we made $130 this week. Sounds, make sense? All right, moving on. We're up $130 this week. We're up 13 units on underdog bets every day. Free picks, free picks at losing money, WAB. Whoa, that's a new one. I don't know what what else you want from me. I'm giving you free winners right now. And on top of that, let's do a little recap on last week's episode. Still in the recap, boss. Okay, we're still in the recap? Okay, I lost where we were. I gave you four of our favorite picks for the NBA draft, right? Three, one, one lost. Okay, the one lost was Singoon. I whatever. I we had got bad information and he was rushing up the board, and we thought the Kings were gonna take him at nine. So we had the under 12 and a half, and we felt really good about that. No, he, he, he went 16. So what are you gonna do on that one? But the other ones were such winners. Duarte going under 15 and a half, Kaminga going over six and a half. He went to the, the Warriors at seven, so thank God that happened. And Sharif Cooper over 20 and a half in the first round. Okay, so over the 20th pick in the draft. We won so easily on that, he went in the second round. Do you like that? Do you like winners? Idiot. And then we go over to the UFC fight night. That was more of a mixed bag. UFC's been kind of a mixed bag for us. Ooh, I shouldn't say that. We're talking about the UFC this week. Well, it is also called losing money with Andrew Bascom. 
Mm. You got to figure out where your priorities are at. It was a mixed bag in this way. We had Sean Strickland to beat Uriah Hall. He did, and handily. Minus 190. Love the win. Pounded it. We also had a sprinkle on via knockout. Uh, it went to decision. Okay. Okay. Takes a little wind out of your sail, right? We had Shane Buys. Minus 165 to win. She won. We had via decision. Nope. She knocked her out in 45 seconds. Um, okay. Hmm. Okay. Okay. And then we had Barbarina. Minus 260 to win and via knockout. And guess what? He lost both of those. So, shit. Ah, damn it. So the UFC was kind of a mixed bag. Slight under for us on that one. But we go over to Bellator with their incredible fight. AJ McKee versus Pitbull. This one is... I'm trying to beat the drum on this one. The AJ McKee won. We had him at plus 105 and via inside the distance at plus 235. Those were both winners. AJ McKee is probably the best featherweight in the world, and he doesn't fight for the UFC. And I think that's very exciting for everybody. You should be excited by the fact that there might be champions. There might be some of the best fighters in the world not fighting for the UFC right now because it'll force the UFC to do more. Hopefully pay its fighters more, but hopefully do more in general of it's just promotion and advertising and Maybe they'll do a tournament. Maybe they'll, you know, advance their hand a little bit. I think it's just really exciting and good for AJ McKee. One million dollar winner of that tournament. Good for him. So, a pretty profitable week. And the only way we're going to find out if it's going to be profitable this week is we got to get to the picks. UFC 265 from Houston, Texas. We'll make those picks right after this break. Okay, and we're back on Losing Money with Andrew Bascom. Like we said, UFC 265 is running off at Houston, Texas this weekend. I'm sorry, I'm laughing. It's just, why? This is one of those cards that didn't have a main event. So they're like, you know what? Let's try and force our new champion to come out and do it. Francis Ngannou. Everyone loves Francis Ngannou. What a great story he is. He'll fight in August, even though he just fought in March. And he was like, well, wait a second. Do I have to fight in August? Can we talk about the money? Like, he didn't say no, but he was like, hey, let's discuss this. And UFC's like, no, how dare you? We're going to throw an interim title for the heavyweight championship. I brought this up in the past, but this fact that this is an interim title is gross. Usually interim titles are given because of an injury or because of, you know, the other person's in another weight class and they can't make it back. So let, let's have them fight for something. This is a bananas idea that the interim title is even given out. Does anyone in their right mind believe that the heavyweight champion of the world will be awarded this Saturday? Does anyone believe whoever wins that belt is the best heavyweight in the world? Not named Francis Naganu or Stipe Miocic or John Jones, for God's sakes. There are so many other people I can go through. And that's not to take anything away from Derek Lewis and uh, Cyril Gaon. Those are two really good fighters that deserve to be headlining an event. I totally get that. It's just more the fact that this it cheapens the fight in general. Like, this would have been a good fight without the title. Why did you have to do that? This just in, I'm starting to get the idea that the UFC is not a really good business for its workers. Hmm. This is the first example I can think of. Hope it doesn't continue. But let's start there. Let's start with the main event here. We have to, we have to talk about the main event. There's just no way around it. It's a top-loaded card, obviously, because Amanda Nunez was supposed to be fighting on this, and, uh, her, she got COVID along with, I believe, her family. And it sounds like they're doing okay, so thank God. But it does leave the, the card a little dry. So like I said, let's start with the main event. Derek Lewis is running off at a plus 270 versus Cyril Gaon at minus 300. Okay, so this is a great fight. This is just a great fight. And it sucks this cheapened by that interim title fight. Somebody's taking home a title at the end of this, having to throw in their luggage. That is bananas. This is the second time in Derek Lewis's career that he's fighting for the title. After losing to Daniel Cormier by submission, 
you know, many years ago. Zero Gone is relative baby to this sport. So much so that John Jones has the record for the youngest UFC champion. Everyone knows that. That's kind of a famous one because Macy Barber fought for it a little while ago and lost. And so John Jones still has that record. But here, here are the days from their professional MMA debut to fighting for a UFC title. John Jones, 1,071 days. Cyril Gone, 1,101. Now, I don't believe he's the prodigy that John Jones was. Like the second you saw John Jones in the ring, you're like, whoa, this guy might be really good. Cyril Gone is an incredibly talented guy. Don't get me wrong. But I think he's being slept on a little bit on how much of a prospect he actually might be. Cyril Gone's undefeated. He's incredibly well-rounded. And that play, that the way that he fights, some might say safe, which is kind of a dirty word in MMA. But I would say smart. So let's start with Derek Lewis here. If you know anything about MMA, you know about Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis is the guy that will show up in like the Bleacher Report Instagram thing of just like crazy knockouts. And you're like, you slip through, you know, five slides. You're like, oh, wow, this guy's very dangerous. We've talked about him on this podcast previously. It is so easy to doubt him. People constantly, constantly think, oh, he's done. Oh, this guy, he's just whatever. He's a gatekeeper. He doesn't have a six pack. He doesn't have a black belt in BJJ. He does one thing and one thing only. And that's knock people out. There will be rounds where you think, oh, he's done. He's always oh, exhausted. He's gassed. He doesn't have a huge output. He only averages 2.59 significant strikes per minute. For a striker, that is so, so low. Then all it takes is one punch. You're just, you're watching through your fingers the whole time. The fight can end at any second when Derek Lewis is in the ring. You know how I know that? He has the most KOs in UFC history tied with Vitor Belfort. So why is Cyril Gone an interesting fight for him? Like we're saying, this has come fast for Gone. UFC debut to fighting for a belt in less than two years, scoring six wins over that span. He holds a 9-0 overall record with three knockouts, three submissions, three decisions. This guy is even keel across the board. Spreads it out evenly. He's a very unique fighting style. So that is only aided by his, you know, incredible frame and posture. He is a massive, massive man. And unlike Derek Lewis, who, you know, like, hey, like us all, could lose a few. It's totally fine. Gone comes in at a shredded 260. Like he is he is big and he's got these huge, huge shoulders. So he kind of stands in a very awkward place because of his Muay Thai background, which he also had a perfect record of 13-0. This guy knows no defeat. Ironically, he's French. <laughs> he does have knockout power. So he has knocked out people in the past. Um, in the Muay Thai career, he had nine knockouts of those 13 wins. So there is knockout power in there. It's just nothing compared to Derek Lewis. So I was saying this earlier about the safe and smart thing. Gone just fights smart. He works from a distance. He uses his 81-inch reach really effectively. He shoots in for strikes, backs right back out again. He switches stance constantly, and he's incredibly accurate. Incredibly accurate. He fights like a middleweight, except he's 260 pounds, shredded. He averages 5.13 significant strikes per minute and absorbs just 2.6. Holy God, there are very few fighters that you're going to see such a difference between put out and take in. While landing 54% of his attempts on the takedowns, that's not great, but he does have a stuff rate of 63%. So he's not easy to be taken down. Luckily with Derek Lewis, that's not really a threat. So how do we see this fight going? I think for the most part, everyone, everyone in the mother is taking gone, which, hey, first of all, scares the hell out of you. What about the McGregor rule? Right, the McGregor correlate. Yeah, that's a good, oh man, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. There are ways, this is a shitty gambling thing to do, but there are ways that you could be betting on both ways here. You could be taking Gone, you know, in in a sprinkle for like an outcome or something like that, and still taking Derek Lewis uh, via KO or just to win. And you might be able to win kind of both ways. We are shitty gamblers, don't get us wrong, but we're not going to be doing that. We're going to be taking Gone minus 300. We found that number via sports interaction. And we have two plays here. And this is just says something more about you 
There's a dangerous one, which is what we think is the riskier proposition via decision at plus 675. 675. We saw that via five dimes. And the safe bet, gone via decision. Gone, baby, gone. Plus 300, we saw that via Bovada. I think we're going to be taking the safe play. Gone via decision, plus 300, minus 300 for the win. The fact that you can get a plus 300 right now on a fighter that is like almost a 3-1, to 4-1 to one favorite, depending on where you find it, that's a pretty good number. We're going to be jumping on that today. Here are some other bets that we're going to be making. Okay, so this, this, this bet I'm calling the just for old time's sake underdog pick. Did you know Ed Herman still fights in the UFC? Well, we're going to be taking him plus 200 versus Alonzo Minifield. Do I actually think it'll happen? No. No, I don't. Hmm. But if I had five bucks, I never want to see again. I still might throw down 40-year-old Ed Herman, who is somehow still in the UFC after all this time. Dude was on the third season of The Ultimate Fighter. For reference, that show is on its 29th season, not counting international editions. But then he just never left. By the way, the third season, also remarkable, that's the season that had Michael Bisbing in it. Ed Herman, man. You're thinking, well, is this like a Cowboy Cerrone thing? Is this a Jim Miller thing where he's just like holding on and, you know, it's just good to have a a name you recognize coming out? No, he's on a three-fight winning streak. The fuck? So it's not like he's just hanging on for charity. Menefield is younger, faster, stronger, so he should win. But wouldn't it feel good to just win with Ed Herman for $5 that you never want to see again? Our prediction for this fight, our bet for this fight is say goodbye to your money. Ed Herman, plus 210 via bet online. The next category of bet we're going to make, the fight I am most looking forward to. This is easily, easily the fight I'm looking forward to. Michael Chiesa, minus 110 versus Vincente Luque at minus 110. People don't know what to do with this fight. These are two evenly matched guys, and it's going to be a hell of a fight. This should definitely be the co-main event now that Nunez is out. I, I get that Aldo, being a former champion, holds more sway with the public, and that's why they made him co-main event. But this is the fight that could absolutely steal the show. This is a fight of winning streaks. Luque is on a three-fight winning streak. Uh, Chiesa is on a four-fight winning streak. Chiesa has, has found his division. After struggling with weight at lightweight, he is a strong, strong welterweight. And he loves to use that weight when it comes to grappling. He does have trouble on the feet, though. Hmm, okay, let's, let's bank that one for a second. We've liked Luque in the past. He has won us money in the past. And we think the future is bright with Fichante Luque. I know you aren't supposed to be emotional in betting. Don't grow attachments. But we are going to ride Luque until he lets us down. So we're going to take Luque here, and the game plan should be easy. Keep the fight standing, and he's in good form. If he gets taken down a bunch, you know the fight isn't going his way. So the way that we think this fight is going to go, or the way that we think you can make money on this fight, is since it's minus 110 on both sides, that's Vegas going, I have no idea what's going on. You figure it out. Okay, we will with our money. But the side bets, the prop bets are the way to go with this one because everything is pretty elevated into the two 300s with things. So so if you like Michael Chiesa, you could take the minus 110 and you should, that's fine. But if you like him via decision, which his last four wins have come by, you can get it at plus 240. Well, that's pretty good. But since we like Vincente Luque, we're going to take him at minus 110. We saw that via everyone. All the numbers are right around the same area. So you don't have to go shopping for that. The dangerous pick for Vincente Luque knockout plus 390 via five dimes. Ooh, that feels good. He's a knockout guy. Plus 390 is a great number. The safer bet, Luke inside the decision at plus 260 via five dimes. Luke has tapped people out in the past. He has submitted people, but Kies is so good on the ground. I think he's just going to want to stay away from that. So inside the distance is kind of a safer, all-encompassing all bet at plus 260, but we're going to be taking the via knockout at plus 390 because we like to live dangerously and we like to lose money. 
I don't know if you've heard the name of the podcast. The next category of bet we're going to make is the safest money bet that is no fun to make. Torres minus 140 versus Angela Hill at plus 115. This is going to be a fun fight. Huge motor on both of these fighters. They just like love to throw gloves. And it's just going to be like high motor from the whole time out. The only thing is the last time these two fought, Torres won in decision. All of Torres's fights before that went to decision, as did nine of her last 11 fights since then. Hill has finished more fighters overall, but her last four fights have gone to decision. Okay, so you might see where I'm going on this one. I don't bring this up to suggest anything negative about either of them, especially when they they fight someone near their experience and skill level, but they both tend to, you know, see the scorecards. They end up uh, being best friends with the judges. They miss them, so they want to go to decision all the time so they can meet their friends, the judges. Both of their styles, especially Torres, favor steady work rate over fight-ending power. Give them three rounds to work, and I think they'll end up using every last second of their allotted time and clearly do the odds makers because the... The money bet that is no fun, that will probably win. We're going to go with fight goes to decision, minus 325 via bet online. It's going to happen. They're going to go to decision. Who cares who wins? Minus 325? Yeah, it sucks, but do it. And we're going to end with this. The losing money with the Andrew Bascom parlay that definitely won't win. Let's line up some bets we made earlier. Some safe, some dangerous, and see how we do here. So Torres Hill goes to decision, minus 325. We feel really confident about that one. Cyril gone to win. Feel really good about with that one at minus 300. And then let's take the safer bet from Vincente Luque. Vincente Luque inside the decision at plus 260. That as a parlay is plus 527. Say goodbye to your money now. Kiss it goodbye. Thanks for your service, money. And there's our picks for UFC 265. Pretty interesting card. Maybe not some of the big, big name ones, but hopefully lots of opportunities to lose money. Okay, so that's it. That's all. As I let you go here, I want to let you know the schedule. From every episode, from here on out, we will have football in it. Each episode, over the next four weeks, we will be breaking down two divisions per episode, plus some player props on top of that. It's football season. Let's lose some money, baby. And since I'm also speaking in this tone to you, do not bet on the preseason. You are better than that. Respect yourself. Look yourself in the mirror. Do not bet on the preseason. But with that being said, thank you very much for losing money with Andrew Bascom. Can you please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you download podcasts? If you feel a gambling is coming a problem, please go to problemgambling.ca. The incredible theme and music that plays throughout the show was done by Nikki Mitchell. You could find her music on Spotify or on Instagram, or click the link. It's in the podcast description right now. All art for the show was created by Alex Monid, and we are a proud product of Sad Styles Productions. Executive producers Mike Aaronworth and me, Andrew Bascom. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for losing money with me, and we can't wait to talk to you soon. Don't bet on the preseason. We'll see you later, losers. He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game, you'll be all set. Even though he may help you choose, remember you still may lose. Furnished by Sad Styles Productions. Get